Good morning. It is wonderful to have you here worshiping with us this morning. Let's all stand up, sing together. This first song is called Born Again. We 
we've been singing together now for uh, quite a while, and when you sing together and you get so used to singing together, you find your little niche, and Andy's our lead singer, and Arthur sings tenor, and I sing alto, and Kathy sings the rest, um, and she's been on vacation and, and doing things this summer, and we are so glad to have her back today. I was practicing these songs, and I said, I can't do it. You have to come. So uh, we're very, very glad to have that voice back this morning. Let's sing together. I could sing of your love forever. before you sit down. So turn around and greet someone near you. And children, come forward to join us for a few moments of sharing.
Good morning. How are y'all doing this morning? Um, I wanted to ask you a question this morning. How strong are you? You don't know. Let me see your muscles. How strong are you? There you go, Emily. Y'all look pretty strong. Well, do you think you could pick up this brick that I brought with me this morning? It's a little dirty, but you think you could pick this up? You want to give it a shot? Be careful. You th- okay, so we can handle that pretty good. Okay. All right, Christy. I'm a- I know, it's kind of yucky. Just brush your hands off. It's okay. Yeah. Okay, so y'all got that pretty easy. What about, I didn't bring one with me, but if I brought a 10-pound dumbbell, a weight that you lift, y'all think y'all could do that? No. Yeah, some of you probably could. Yeah, Justin, you think you could? I think so too. 15 pounds. Okay, wow, so y'all are pretty strong. What, how much? Oh, wow, okay, y'all are strong. What about a car? No, I don't think we probably could. Do you think you could? No, that's, that would be really heavy, wouldn't it? Well, if you had something called a car jack, I tried to bring one with me this morning, but I couldn't find Mr. Eric's. Um, if you had a car jack, you could slide it under the car and use your hand to pump it up, and you could lift a car if you had a car jack to help you. Is that pretty neat? Yeah, have you ever seen one before? Do you kind of know what I'm talking about? Well, if you put the car jack underneath the car and pump the handle with your strong hands, you could lift a car that weighed over 3,000 pounds. With the help of that jack, you could do it. But alone, you couldn't do it. It would be too heavy. Well, some of us have heavy burdens that we have to carry in life. Maybe you have a a, um, physical handicap, something wrong with you that makes it hard to do certain things. Or it's okay. Or maybe your mom or dad have lost their job, and so your family's having a hard time right now. That would be another burden that you have to carry. Or maybe somebody in your family, or maybe even you, are sick and have something wrong with you, and that's a burden that you have to carry and deal with and learn how to handle. You may be having a hard time making good grades in school. Anybody? Y'all are all smart, aren't you? Well, there's certain things that we can't handle by ourselves. But you know what? That's okay, because we don't have to handle those hard things by ourselves. There's a verse in the Bible where Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. So there's no reason that we have to struggle with our heavy burdens. If things are too heavy for us, that's when God is there, full of his promises to help us through in our times of trouble. Okay, I'm going to put the brick right here. I don't want anybody to get hurt. It is kind of heavy. So there's some other verses in the Bible that can help us too. One says, don't be afraid. I am with you. And another one says, I will give you strength. I'm with you in the times of trouble. So these words of encouragement are really all we need to help us handle our heavy burdens. So does that mean that if we ask God, he will take all of the hard things away? No, he may not take them away, but what will he do? Help us through them, make them better. That's exactly right. So do you think you can remember my examples of the car jack this morning? Think you can remember that? And how if we have help, 
does he? So if we have help, like that carjack, to lift the big car, if we rely on God, we can handle our heavy burdens, can't we? Does that sound like a good plan? Okay, will you close your eyes and repeat after me as we pray? Dear Father, we are thankful that when we struggle through life's heavy burdens, you are there to help carry the load. Amen. Katie's a lot stronger than she thinks she is. Because usually around here I see her dragging a 200-pound dumbbell with her wherever she goes. Where's Eric, by the way? <clears throat> it's good to have Katie back from vacation. Andy has been away all week with uh, the youth, along uh, with some adult chaperones as well. Uh, uh, Jocelyn's been there as well. Uh, and, uh, Steve and Kinnett, they've been up at Cherokee Indian Reservation doing some mission work up there, helping out with some projects going on there. So we're glad to have them home. So uh, good that we can all be back together, whether or not we can carry dumbbells with us. Uh, if you are able to, uh, if you rather are, have some of those concerns she was talking about on your heart this morning, things that you carry around in the way of concerns, we would like to join you in praying for them. And um, we, our ushers have index cards. If you raise your hand, we'll get you an index card and we'll ask you to write something down that you don't mind sharing with us, that you don't mind me repeating. Um, and we will join you in a few moments in helping you carry your load that we all carry in life together. So we uh, invite you to, to lift your hands. Wonderful Wednesdays continue this week. Um, kids are invited to be an artist for the day. Meet Miss Katie and Miss Liana in the church social hall from nine to noon. A guest artist will lead the kids through painting their own canvas masterpiece. Wear old clothes. <clears throat> and it really is important to register online at greerchurch.com or through our bulletin or today in the Family Life Center so that we can make sure that we have uh, enough art supplies on hand. A special thank you to Miss Jessica Krim for leading our movie day, Wonderful Wednesday, last week while Miss Katie was out, while Miss was, Katie was out of town. I think I saw Jessica leaving at Mach 3, heading out of here after that was over. Um, United Methodist Men announcement. The United Methodist Men will not meet this Tuesday as previously announced, but instead will meet the Tuesday after that, the 26th, at Southern Times in downtown Greer. Men, please note this on your calendar and change that and plan to join us for dinner uh, at 6.15 at Southern Times. Contact Eric Jeter with questions or concerns. A reminder also that the administrative board will be, will be meeting today at high noon. And uh, next week, the charge conference uh, that we anticipate will be needed will be meeting also at noon, right after the 11 o'clock worship service. 
Uh, are there other announcements? Andy, tonight as usual, youth are here tonight. Very good. Uh, children will soon be back on track uh, with fall coming before you know it um, for their Sunday night activities in a few weeks. That'll be starting back. Um, Bible studies will be coming back. In the meantime, please remember that the first week of August will be the children's music camp um, that uh, Jessica will be leading, and they will be putting on a production at the end of that week on Thursday night, the 4th of August. So I hope that you'll have your child registered for that and that you'll be here uh, to see the production when that occurs. If you have your prayer cards filled out, um, if you'll pass them down to one of these very fine young ladies and their equally fine parents. <clears throat> Thank you, sweetie. <clears throat> Let us join our hearts together in prayer. <clears throat> Lord, we're thankful for your creation that you have entrusted into our care. We seek your help as we would be about the task of redeeming human beings from their failures. Help us to be reminded that you call us also to continue the first job you ever gave humans, which was to take care of your earth. Here are our special prayers for this day. We pray for troops in harm's way, their families and loved ones. We pray for an uncle with health issues. We pray for healing for Michael Haas and Ken Taylor. We pray for a two-year-old named Tucker Reeves who is recovering from surgery after having a tumor removed from his spinal cord. We pray for families and friends seeking jobs. We pray for a change of direction for a family member. We pray for John Shannon, Bobby's father, um, who is having ankle surgery on Tuesday. <clears throat> Lord, these are our special, special prayers for this day that we pray in the name of Jesus who has taught us to pray saying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. <clears throat> Scripture lesson today is Romans 8, 12 through 25. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the sinful nature to live according to it. For if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live, because those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship. 
and by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we're God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. The creation waits in eager anticipation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption as sons and daughters, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what he already has? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. Here ends the lesson. About 30 years ago, this city slicker here was appointed to three churches in Saluda County. The land of five peas is their slogan. Pines, ponds, pastures, poultry, and peaches. <clears throat> the good folks down there had a lot of fun at my expense because I had a master's degree, but didn't know anything about farming. One farmer took me out to his peanut uh, field one day and pointed to the mature peanut plants and scratched his head and said, they look real healthy, you know, but it's real sad you won't see a single peanut growing on them. I was about to share his sense of, dis of disappointment when he started laughing and reminded me that peanut crops grow underground. For the years I was in Saluda, the congregations there expected me to preach an annual sermon on soil conservation and the ecology. I said, I didn't learn about that in seminary. We learned about the cross and the resurrection. But the local soil conservation office supplied the churches there with special bulletins for that day and every year, my farming ignorance was placed on public display. I did, however, know that soil conservation was a biblical theme, a stewardship issue, one that I've not preached on often enough, really. The United Methodist Church has had a social creed in our Book of Discipline since 1908. In it, we say we affirm the natural world as God's handiwork and dedicate ourselves to its preservation, enhancement, and faithful use by humankind. Paul even said that God's redemptive work in Christ included the redemption of creation itself. Way back in the beginning, in Genesis 1, 2, and 3, we read that God created us and all that is, and I know that is true. Even though most Christians today understand the Genesis creation stories 
not as literal history, but as symbolic truth. God's six days of creation might have been millions and millions of years. And this is especially true when you consider that for the first three days of creation, there was no sun up in the sky. And sun defines what an earth day is. And so without that, who knows how long those days were. Even if God made us through a process that science calls evolution, it still is God who made all that is and made us in whatever manner God chose to do. And I have no problem with that. Then immediately following our creation, God put us in charge of the planet, assigning us the task of overseeing what he had made. The earth is the Lord's, but we are responsible. God's very first commandment to humans was to tell us to increase in number. Well, we did pretty good with that. And to fill the earth, we did pretty good with that. And subdue it and rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and over every living creature that moves on the planet. That makes concerns about the environment very spiritual, a spiritual vocation for us. It is one of God's commandments to us. Paul tells us in Romans 8 that creation has been subjected to frustration and futility. It's out of control. It's out of sorts. Marion Swords, a professor of New Testament studies at Louisville Presbyterian Seminary, writes, Remarkably, Paul is persuaded that creation, like humanity, is in very real bondage to sin. So Paul sees, sees creation at being at God, at odds, well, I can't talk this morning, being at odds with God. I think about this every time I see something on TV that disturbs me, a disturbing image of entire villages being wiped out by storms or tsunamis or when uh, volcanoes erupt and the earthquakes and people die. You just get that feeling that nature itself is out of control. Nature is not presently existing as God originally had intended it to do. So Jesus taught us to pray, remember? Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that is a tacit admission that things that happen on earth very often are not God's will. And therefore, part of our work in education, medicine, research, and in worship is to help us bring people and all of nature itself back into line with God's will. You know, insurance policies often speak of acts of God in referring to storms and earthquakes, when in fact, in fact they're referring to acts of nature which are presently out of the control of God. This understanding helps me, and it should help us all, from turning to a simple game of blaming God whenever something happens on earth that's beyond our control. Perhaps we need to understand that things are out of control in nature according to the Bible. Whoops, back up one. When we fell, we knocked creation down with us. The first result of this rebellion was broken fellowship between God and people, as shown by the fact that Adam and Eve went into hiding from God. The second result of the rebellion was a broken relationship between husband and wife, Adam and Eve. It's the fault of that woman you put here with me, Adam says to God, and we witnessed the birth of male chauvinism. 
The third result of the rebellion was damage to the natural world. The ecosystem was affected. The ground became more difficult to farm, we are told. Thorns began choking out the good crop. Even childbirth was, was more complicated, according to Genesis. As the little children's song we used to sing says, Adam, you must leave this place. Earn your living by the sweat of your face. So he took a rake and he took a plow. And that's why we're all working now. Well, according to Genesis 3, this is where sin and death entered our world, as did the process of decay in nature. So even those of us who understand Genesis more symbolically than literally see that the scripture teaches that all of creation has been impacted by human error and sin. We have hunted several species into extinction. We have polluted our rivers and streams. Our smog produces acid rain, which has killed a lot of trees up on Mount Mitchell. A friend of mine who is a, um, a consultant to SJWD Waterworks says that we really have affected the water level under our soil in this planet. Every time you and I pave a highway or a parking lot or build a new roof, a new house with a roof, we create water runoff problem. So rather than water soaking back into the ground like it used to, it runs off of our roofs and parking lots and roads into a stream all the way out to the ocean. My friend says that it used to be in his childhood you could dig down about 40 feet and hit water for a well. You gotta go about 200 feet now to find any good water for a well. Humans, you know, created the great dust bowl of the 1930s by allowing cattle to overgraze the grasslands and by overplowing the land for wheat. The first major dust storm in 1934 caused 318 million metric tons of topsoil to just be blown away. In 1986, our Council of Bishops in the United Methodist Church became so concerned that the United States or China or Russia might use nuclear weapons in a time of war that they issued their very historic in defense of creation, a very controversial doctrine uh, document to warn the world that there was a whole lot more at stake than who won the Cold War. We could be presiding over the death of a planet. And now we're constantly reminded of the dangers of things like global warning, warming, which by the way is almost universally accepted within the scientific community. All this is connected to the failure of human beings to be good stewards of creation. You might not be used to defining sin in terms of improper long-range planning and destruction of a planet, but sin literally means missing the mark, missing the bullseye. And so it is our human failure that has led us often to misuse God's creation. Human sin has had a spiritual and an ecological effect, so says the Bible. But creation is not without hope. Paul said that human redemption would result in the redemption of creation. Creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay, he writes, and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. 
The kingdom of God which came to earth in Jesus Christ and which is continually coming into the world through us today and which will come in its fullness when Jesus returns is already having a redemptive effect upon creation. Paul said that creation itself waits in eager anticipation for that redemption. And just as we are called to enter into God's redemptive work proclaiming salvation to people, we're also called to enter into God's redemptive work with his creation. That makes all of our efforts to control erosion or to recycle what we can decidedly spiritual work. There are always ways we can find to enter into the work of redeeming creation. Now, years after I moved away from Saluda, I was sent to Spartanburg's Church of the Covenant up on the Asheville Highway following a pastor who had made environmentalism a major thrust of his ministry there. Those folks not only insisted that I preach an annual Earth Day message, but they also had a bin out front for recycling cans and paper, and they even took recyclable cloth bags to the grocery store for their shopping trips. They had a very interesting answer to the question, paper or plastic? Whatever we can do, to keep from turning our countryside into one unending landfill is something Christians need to be doing. You know, last year at the Parsonage, we got a new carpet in our den. And I was told that the carpet was made from recycled Coca-Cola bottles. Last year's plastic bottles is this year's carpet. Last year's aluminum cans won the World Series for the South Carolina Gamecocks, those aluminum bats. We can recycle our bodies too, you know, donating blood at the blood bank, donating our bodily organs whenever we're done with them. Hey, when I'm dead, I'll be finished with this old body, and I hope parts of it can live on and help someone else. I do hope, however, that you'll make sure that I'm really dead first, just drive me through the parking lot at the Beacon or the Waffle House. If I don't get out and go in to eat, I'm dead. Doctors can have what they want. God intended creation to be redeemed. Isaiah prophesied that someday, oh, I must have left out that picture. Isaiah prophesied that someday the wolf will lie down with the lamb, the leopard will lie down with the goat, the calf and the lion and the yearling together, and a little child will lead them. Back in 1970, when our nation was awakening to ecological issues, Neil Young wrote a very haunting song called After the Gold Rush. It was released in 1999 by a trio, Dolly Parton, Linda Ronstadt, and Emmylou Harris. And it remains one of the most haunting songs I've ever heard it warns us of what we might be doing to our planet, turning it into Mars, actually. Um, and so I want to conclude with that song this morning in a PowerPoint presentation that I've made. Um, I put the pictures with the music, so the pictures are part of my own interpretation. But the music is uh, Neil Young's and, um, and Emmylou Harris and those other ladies I was talking about. Is that going to make it go? Maybe. Please. Nope.
You want to try it with this? Technology is wonderful. It worked during rehearsal. Children crying and colors flying 
All around the chosen ones, all in a dream, all in a dream, the loading had begun. Flying Mother Nature's silver sea to a new home in the sun. Flying. I invite you to stand and join me in affirming our faith in God using the words of the Apostles' Creed, which we may have up here for you shortly. <laughs> here we go. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. Please be seated and we will ask our ushers to help us as we worship God by giving. my heart. 
Let's stand and sing together. serve God in all that you do, in acts of kindness to your neighbors, in redemptive acts of Christian love to those who are lost, and in caring for God's creation. Amen.
Have a great week and come back.